get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Seek discomfort. Put yourself in situations where you do not feel comfortable, where you do not feel like you have a safety net, where you feel like you are on your tiptoes, where you don't necessarily feel warm and fuzzy and safe, where you feel quite awkward. Maybe you're a little bit anxious, maybe you're a little bit nervous, maybe you're in a social situation that you don't want to be in. Maybe you're doing something that you're scared of doing. Why should we actively pursue those things? And why do those why does this phrase get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Why does it exist? And why do people tell you to seek discomfort? Well, I'm gonna go over chapter eight in a book called The Power of Discipline, which is titled Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. But before I do, Last week, I did a video on Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich. Well, a podcast, sorry. I did a podcast on Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich about the 30 major causes of failure. And I got loads of people messaging me on Instagram, at Mo Samuels, being like, yo, Mo, I really appreciate you going through that. I don't read books. And the fact that you read this and shared the knowledge and gave your thoughts on it was really, really useful because I didn't know you could get so much information from books or I wouldn't have read it anyway. So the fact that you're going over it is really, really cool because I don't read. So... Before we get going, if you don't read books, that's completely okay. It's completely fine. It's completely cool. Um, let me know what you think of this format of podcast. Because if you like it, I will go over this entire book in subsequent episodes. If you don't, I'll just return back to like the normal kind of off-the-cuff interview type things that, I, that I've been doing previously. But let me know. And I think that reading is really, really important. Like I said, if you don't read, it doesn't matter. But do not not consider it. So I didn't really start reading properly until this last year. Like until 2020, I didn't read properly. Like 2019, 2018, I did read books, but I set myself a goal of like reading a book a month and I failed that. I couldn't even do that. I've never been a naturally good reader. I've never been good at reading out loud or publicly. Um, I've never enjoyed reading really. Like I've only done it because I've had to do it for school. And I'm not someone that naturally is like a bookworm or anything like that. Do not think that for a second. But there is a reason that high performers and CEOs such as Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, even, even people like Oprah, you know, there is a reason why the two things that they, they do consistently throughout studies on hundreds of thousands of high performers, the two things that these, these people do is number one is they read and number two, they have some, some kind of meditative practice that they engage in. So I would say that if you, if you don't really don't like reading, you're not very good at reading, it's never too late to learn. Don't completely write it off and just realize that you can get into the habit of it. And if you want to do something, you can do it. If you want it bad enough, you have the determination. If you have the the actual, the want to do it, you'll be able to do it. So I reckon that reading and meditation is something that you should absolutely, everyone should integrate at some point into their lives. And it's something that I'm never going to stop doing, touch wood. Like I have no plans of stopping. But anyway, without further ado, this is Get Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, Chapter 8 from The Power of Discipline. I will go over this full book as well uh, in an RET takings video, Real Revolution Training, where I sit down, I basically just go through a book in a video, talk about my findings, talk about the key things from the book, the key bits of information that stood out to me and kind of make a more comprehensive overview of the book. So if you are not on RET, Real Revolution Training, what are you doing? Get involved because it is where we put all of our training plans, everything from lifestyle, lifestyle mindset and fitness goes on there social stuff about developing social skills about making friends about uh finding a mate about meeting people about uh being about happiness about training about nutrition we put absolutely everything on there and most importantly it is a it is a community that we have built as well it's absolutely sick and we are launching a new site if you don't already know that is coming in the next few days so we have been making this behind the scenes for months and months and months and months v2 the next chapter is coming at retfam.com make sure 
make sure you check it out and get involved if you're not already. Another plug, seeing as these podcasts are not sponsored, I'm going to sponsor them myself. My presets pack and guide released yesterday, which is over 13 presets and over 60 minutes of video tutorials going over everything when it comes to editing photos, as well as bonus content on how to actually take decent pictures. So if you want to get my presets, the same ones I use for all of my Instagram content, um, if you want to get the video guide, go to mosthangerspresets.com and check them out. The guide is the main thing, guys. Like The presets are cool. You guys asked me for the presets and that's why I made them, but I wanted to go one step further and give you more value and actually teach you how to make your own presets, teach you how to get the most out of presets and teach you everything you need to know to get you to be a, a better creator at creating better images. So check those out if you're interested in, if you want to learn about photography, maybe you want to learn new skill during lockdown, edit, get your Instagram feed looking beautiful and sick because I go over literally everything in the presets and preset guide. So mostangles.com, mostangles.presets.com, my bad. And uh, that's where it is at. Anyway, without further ado, chapter eight, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, the Power of Discipline by Daniel Walter. There is nothing comfortable about self-discipline. You don't need discipline to eat junk food or watch your favorite TV show because you enjoy doing those things. Unless you have a strong desire to achieve something, most people are not going to subject themselves to the discomfort of self-discipline. They're going to wake up just in time for work, eat when they are hungry, sleep when they are tired. There is nothing you can do that is going to make self-discipline comfortable. We need to endure to overcome those feelings of discomfort and mental toughness to plow through the instincts that are enticing us to choose the path of least resistance. So what this book is basically about is it is about self-discipline, as you guessed, and how discipline is everything. When it comes to achieving goals, when it comes to being successful, when it comes to doing things, you have to be disciplined. You're not going to get anywhere without being disciplined. And it goes into all the psychology and the science behind discipline and why we do certain things and why we build certain habits and have certain behaviors, which is why I think it's great. And uh, it, it uses the example of one of the key takeaways, the main things that stood out to me was this book uses the example of discipline being like a muscle. Your muscles, if you go to the gym, you train them every single day a little bit, and then over time they improve and you get better and better and better and better, marginal gains for big changes. But if you don't train, if you miss a few sessions, then your muscles might you be, might begin to get weaker. You you might begin to atrophy your muscles. If you don't train altogether, and then you're going to lose you're going to lose all the progress that, the progress that you made, and you're going to atrophy away into pretty much nothing. So the the idea behind this is that self discipline is similar. If you practice self discipline every single day by being disciplined, making these hard choices, short term, um, short term sacrifice for long term, uh, long term, long term enjoyment, or you're you're getting rid of this instant gratification, it is ultimately going to pay off. But if you succumb to these negative things that you're doing, these negative habits by not being disciplined by by doing the the bad things that you know are holding you back, if the more often you do that, the harder it is to get out of it. You're digging yourself into a rut every time you do that. So that is why it's so important to practice self-discipline and stay self-disciplined on these little things and do these little practices that are going to ultimately make you more disciplined and able to respond to things better and get to where you want to be. Practice being uncomfortable. In chapter one, you read about willpower being like a muscle that gets tired when it's used. But what this really means is that you can also strengthen your willpower, which involves doing things on a regular basis that make you feel uncomfortable, so that not only do you get familiar with the feeling of discomfort, but you get used to it. Stepping outside of your comfort zone is important because it teaches you that your fears are not as great as you have imagined. One of the acronyms of fear is false evidence appearing real. The evidence is false because you are imagining it, but you have turned that thought into a reality with your mind. The only way to dismantle this is to step into fear and realize that the evidence you have conjured up in your mind was false. 
Every time you step outside of your comfort zone, both your willpower and tolerance for discomfort will increase. One of the most popular TED Talks came from Jai Jiang, in which he spoke about spending time living outside of his comfort zone. Jiang spent 100 days seeking out opportunities to experience rejection to help him overcome social anxiety and his fear of rejection to become a more confident person. This is awesome. I've talked about this and I never heard this guy and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. It made me want to do it. So Jiang spent 100 days um, doing things that made him feel uncomfortable socially because he's not he, he suffered from social anxiety and wanted to get over it. So he deliberately did the things that scared him, stepped outside of his comfort zone in order to get over it, in order to conquer it. Because the more times you do something, I know this firsthand, you will as well, the more times you do something, the the better it like the easier it becomes, the less scary it becomes. Skydiving for me, like I love skydiving. I do it as much as I can. But I'm scared of heights. First one I did was the worst thing I ever I ever did in my entire life. I thought I was going to die. But after the fifth or sixth or seventh one, I actually began to love it and really, really enjoy it. I'm now on like 50 jumps and uh, I still get scared. I still get anxiety. But the rather than fear being 90%, enjoyment being 1%, it's now like 90% enjoyment and euphoria, 1% fear. I don't know what makes up the other 9%, but we'll think of something. I've just done some terrible maths there. Anyway, on to about uh, Jiang, who spent 100 days seeking opportunities to experience discomfort. It involved him doing things like asking a random stranger to lend him $100, knocking on someone's door and asking them to play soccer on their in their backyard of them, asking for second helpings in a restaurant without paying, at the end of the 100 days, Jiang was a completely different person. He was confident and sociable because of how kind people were to him during this time spent outside of his comfort zone. So he deliberately got rejected. He deliberately did what he feared the most. He might have felt like he's gonna. He might have felt like he's gonna die. He might have thought this is gonna be the worst pain in the world when I get rejected for this. But then he did it, and he realized it wasn't actually that bad. Jiang's story applies to all of us. Our personal fears and discomforts are also opportunities to challenge ourselves. So whatever you are comfortable with, do the opposite. If you are the more assertive type, act more passive throughout the day and vice versa. If you don't like speaking to strangers, go out and introduce yourself to people you don't know. If you can't dance, go to a dance class. There are plenty of things that you can do to inject discomfort into your life. If you don't like reading out loud, make a podcast and read a book like Mo's doing right now. Wow, actually says that in a book. Crazy. Who'd have thought it? One of the best thing, one of the best ways to improve your, your self-discipline is to get used to becoming uncomfortable. We all have in different insecurities, fears, and discomforts, but most of us go through life avoiding them, which only limits our potential. If you want to become the best version of yourself, start by choosing to be uncomfortable and facing your fears. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. There is a reason why people say that. Nothing grows in the comfort zone. There's a reason why... People tell I tell you to do shit that scares you. There is a reason why most of my growth as a person has come from doing stupid stuff, getting over insecurities, has come from looking at the thing that scares me, finding it, and then making my putting myself in those situations. If I'm worried about being judged because I look like an idiot, if I'm worried about people judging me for maybe having a fucked up leg, I will deliberately make myself look like an idiot and go out wearing nothing but a pair of speedos and a leg support for this very reason. As the practice of discomfort starts to build your willpower, you can start working on changing some of the habits and addictions that don't benefit you. Struggle and discomfort are part of who you are. You decide to read this book because you want to become more disciplined. And if you want to succeed, becoming comfortable with discomfort will get you there.
The aim of this process is to turn that agonizing pain into a slight pinch and those hunger pangs into desire because it lets you know that you are sticking to your diet. Discipline is about going through the temporary discomfort required for the long-term benefits. Making a habit of embracing discomfort will benefit you in all areas of your life. It will give you the mental agility required to thrive regardless of your circumstances. Discipline isn't concerned about your feelings. It doesn't care that you feel as if you can't take another step because that's when you need it the most. Practicing discipline is a brain training exercise, equipping it to default to perseverance mode. Urge surfing. There is no doubt that it is difficult to develop discipline, but there are ways to make the process easier. One of them is learning how to reduce the strength of temptations and urges. An urge is the physical and mental impulse to engage in a habitual behavior. The term urge surfing was pioneered by psychologist Alan Marlatt, at an, an expert in the field of addiction. He compared urges to waves in the sea. Waves rise up and down in intensity, eventually meeting the shore and crash. What he is saying is that you have the ability to surf over those urges until they crash. Urge teaches you how to resist temptation and embrace discomfort. I want you to take a moment and think about an urge that you recently experienced. Think about how it made you feel physically and emotionally. Can you remember how those sensations evolved? As you are thinking about that urge, focus on your breath and imagine that urge is a wave that you are riding on. So when you had an urge to do something or an urge to eat food and fuck up your diet or whatever it was, did the urge just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse? Or did you, if you didn't succumb to it, were you just what did you manage to sit it out and eventually it peaked and then it went away because you just you you rode the wave that was the urge. It's the norm for us to identify with our urges, but urge surfing helps us separate ourselves from the bad habits we desire to correct. Instead of thinking, I feel like eating this cake, say, I have an urge to eat this piece of cake. In this way, you are not fighting yourself, but the sensation you are experiencing, you can then allow it to pass. It's difficult to fight urges, but observing them without identifying them increases your chances of overcoming them. The average urge will peak between 20 and 30 minutes if you fight with it. Fighting urges doesn't work because it makes them stronger and last longer, which in turn diminishes your confidence about your ability to fight them. You give your urges power through your willingness to indulge in them. There is actually no power in the temptations and the addictions. When a drug addict goes to a rehab facility and has no access to their drug of choice, they experience significantly few urges and cravings compared to when they are not in a rehab facility. It's like being at home. So if you eat crappy food and you're on a diet, do not have that food on display because if you see it, you are more likely to eat it. When it comes to breaking bad habits, if you make the, the thing that you, you want to break out of, if you make it harder to access, aka make it out of sight and put it on like a high shelf so it takes effort to get it, you are less likely to, to follow through with that bad habit. Another helpful way to define the internal struggle associated with urges is to think of it as a waterfall. And fighting an urge is like trying to block a waterfall. The waterfall is eventually going to break through with even more force than it would have originally because of the pressure that has been built up from being held back. Instead of trying to block the waterfall, step back and watch it. If you can start seeing urges and temptations with curiosity rather than fear, changing your behaviour will become a lot easier. Spend time studying your own habits and pay attention to your urges. Once you master urge surfing, you can overcome any addiction. So it's all about going with the flow rather than fighting it. Just going with it, but not succumbing to the urge, just accepting it, feeling it, a bit like a, a meditation, 
and you're not you're not trying to fight it you're not trying to resist it you're just going with it you're surfing with it and you're accepting it for what it is and eventually it will subside it's like hunger if you if you don't eat for a couple of hours your your hunger hormone ghrelin will begin to begin to increase and it'll peak but if you stay through the peak and if you don't eat have you ever had it where you're in like a flow state and you've been working for six hours and you don't even feel hungry and you just completely forgot to eat? Similar to that, you get through the peak of the hunger and then it subsides eventually. And it's just because your your body's going through these natural oscillations where it's used to eating. Are you feeding your urges? People will also do things like try to think, think themselves out of an urge or distract themselves so they're focusing on something else. This is similar to trying to fight your urges. They feed them, which makes them stronger. This then causes you to believe that the only way to get rid of your urges is to give into them. When you get to this stage, you give up and accept that you will never be able to change your bad habits. Distraction appears quite logical. After all, wouldn't it be better to limit the number of opportunities you have to engage in your bad habit instead of indulging in it? It sounds like a good idea in theory, but it doesn't work in practice. Several studies have found that suppressing thoughts, sensations and feelings makes them stronger. To further prove a point, the next time someone mentions something, try not to think about it. For example, someone might say, make sure you don't think about an elephant. Now, every time the word elephant is mentioned, you're going to think about one. And the more you try to avoid that thought, the more it will take over your mind. It is like meditation again. The more you try and ignore your thoughts, not to think about something, the more you will actually think. It's not about resisting your thoughts. It's about acknowledging them. It's about acknowledging your thoughts and feelings, being okay with them and observing them. Going with the flow. The same is true when you avoid when you attempt to avoid urges. The aim of urge surfing is to leave you feeling calm and relaxed after walking away from a temptation. It's impossible to trick your mind into overcoming your urges. The only way to surf through the urge, which is part of the discipline process. After a while, you'll become comfortable with the discomfort of experiencing the urge and not submitting to it. Anytime you feel an urge to do something, you know that it's not going to benefit you. Follow these steps. Pay attention to where the urge is coming from in your body. In the same way that music gives you the urge to nod your head or tap your feet, the majority of urges are felt somewhere in the body. Once you've located where the urge is coming from, focus all your attention on that area and observe the sensation you are experiencing. Spend two minutes focusing on your breath. Imagine that every sensation and urge you're feeling is a wave. As the urge intensifies and subsides, look at it as a wave rising and falling. As the urge settles down, pay attention to these changes that you are feeling. So it's all about like accepting it, going to flow, like I said, and uh, focusing your breath as well. Focus on the urge. Actually, don't try and resist it. Like when I'm in pain, I actually like meditate on the pain. Um, rather than trying to fight it like I previously did, just really, really feel the pain existing in, in consciousness. Like really, really focus on it. And like if I'm getting a, like have something painful happening to me, like I don't know, um, getting a, let's say if I'm getting a tattoo, I will f I will not try and ignore it, suppress it. I will focus on it. I will feel it. And that actually, you can you might be able to feel it more, but you'll be able to withstand it more as well. And it won't be as a horrible experience. The same as with urges. Once you have surfed through an urge, once you have surfed through an urge once, you will have the confidence to surf through them any time they arise. It's important to remember that urges are temporary. You're not going to feel that way forever. When you forget this, urges and cravings can become overwhelming. But if you have the confidence that you can ride through an urge, you will find that this method is much more effective than trying to fight with the urge or distract yourself. When you first experience hunger pangs, the assumption is that they won't go away until you eat something. As you probably know, you start to feel irritated when you're hungry because your production 
your productivity levels decrease. But people who fast know that hunger is temporary. It passes in the same way that every other urge does. There we go. Most people start feeling hungry when they've been working for a while or when they get bored. But if you pay attention to what's going on inside your body, you'll notice that your stomach isn't empty. If you spend a few minutes accepting the hunger and not looking at it as a sign that you need to eat immediately, the hunger will fade away quicker than you think. Start paying attention to your urges, study them and experiment with them. You'll find that the urges don't become a part of you until you start fighting with them or giving in to them. When you observe your urges from a distance and watch them coming and going, they lose their power of influence over your behavior. In order to reach your goals, you must develop a system to get you to your destination. And if you don't follow the right systems, your dreams will never become a reality. In the next chapter, you'll learn how to focus on the right systems to get your desired outcome. Well, that was a little bit on urges and urge surfing. Um, I think it's pretty cool. It just kind of goes to show how you can like get over an urge or a temptation. If you're, for example, dieting is a good one and binge eating, like by by actually acknowledging it, by not ignoring it, whatever it is, whether you're in pain, whether you have an urge to do something, by kind of almost meditating on it and like, like acknowledging it, like examining it, accepting it, allowing it to be there, you will, it's much easier to come over. And another thing that I've been doing recently as well, especially as I'm dieting for a few things, is when I'm hungry, when I feel like I'm craving something, wait 10 minutes. And that, this is a form of urge surfing, I didn't even realize. Wait 10 minutes and uh, give yourself a bit of time. And then if you're still hungry in 10 minutes, then eat some food. If it's past or you're not as hungry or maybe you're like, oh, maybe I don't really need this, then you can probably get a good idea that you were just bored and you just wanted to eat for the sake of eating. So yeah, it's important to seek discomfort. And I've done a whole podcast on it, one of the previous ones, and not to go over to go over that again. But it's incredibly important to seek discomfort. And we live lives where we're so comfortable doing what we're doing. We we have like nice houses, nice families. We have this safety net. We don't have to go and hunt for food. We get meals on the table. We can do pretty much whatever we want. And it's very easy to slip into this like this this avoiding situations that make us feel discomfortable, but uncomfortable. But you got to remember that it is discomfort it is that feeling of uncomfortable uncomfortableness, if that's even a word, that makes us grow. That makes us into stronger better people. And if something scares you, you should deliberately do it because fear is an indicator that you need to get over something. Use fear as an indicator. Use fear as a tool. Like you can let fear win or you can let freedom win. You can use fear as this thing to run away from, to shy away from, to avoid, which is only going to give it more power and make it stronger. Or you can use fear as an indicator to what you need to work on, what you need to do. If you're scared of something, you should attack it and approach it head down. It's like in life, you can either run away from things or you can run towards them and address them. Fight or flight, the choice is yours. But anyway, that was a, a little segment, a little bit from The Power of Discipline. Let me know what you think of it, like I said. Uh, and I, if you really like this, I can go through the rest of the book. If not, we will do some other things in next week's podcast. And as always, open to suggestions. Drop me a message in my DM, in my Instagram, and uh, at Mo Samuels, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out. I love to bits. Thank you. Goodbye.